It's okay. All right. Okay. Hey, Mr. Uh, Sir Clausy. Yeah, Nikon, and uh, please, dude, don't call me Sir. I'm not your principal. We're buds now. Ah, oh, my bad. I mean, Sir, dude, 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 Clausy. What's up? I think I know how we can get some sponsors. Shoot. We tell people what they want to hear. <laughs> I'm all ears, dude. I got another meeting to run, so hit me. There's no COVID-19. Uh, have you been listening to Alex Jones again? No, no, no. People, people want to hear, they don't want to hear the truth, okay? You gotta like, give them a lie. Like... Like how COVID-19 isn't, like, seasonal, and like how injecting yourself with Lysol and Purell and sunbathing won't make you immune, unless dying is your definition of immunity. Yeah, COVID-19 is serious, and we all need to protect each other stay home, and social distance. Yeah, but that's not going to get or draw any viewers in. You know? So what are you talking about? I'm talking about money. We want viewers. We got to give people what they want to hear. So from now on, we only say it's going to disappear. We have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China, and we have it under control. It's going to be just fine. It's going to disappear. One day, it's, it's like a miracle. It will disappear. The fake news media and the partner, the Democratic Party, is doing everything within their semi-considerable power to inflame the coronavirus situation. Looks like by April, you know, in theory, when it gets a little warmer, it's going to miraculously go away. Because, my friend, it's uh, May. People don't want to hear that it's already May and quarantine's still in effect. We need to say it's still April and that we'll be open by Easter Sunday. No. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We're so happy to be back for a fifth episode of the CRU Claws and Raws Unplugged. It's been just over a month and the amount of views, shares, and positive comments uh, have been immense. So thank you to all of our listeners out there, all of our viewers as well. My name is Joe Clossy and I, I am the co-host of this show. With me as always is my co-host, Nikon Razi. What up, dude? Dude. Dude, I don't know if you can see on camera, but I'm clean shaven and I feel like I lost a couple pounds. Um, I'm actually doing a little bit of Ramadan. I'm actually trying to do it. I'm not like religious and I'm not, I'm not a Muslim, but um, half of my family is. And I was like, you know what? Let's let's see what it's about. Like, let's, I'm open minded. Let's try something out. So, I'm trying oh. to fast. Yeah. I'm proud of you, dude. That's that's really amazing. Especially, you know, no better time than during a pandemic to right? make yourself a better person. Um, right? I am yeah. sorry for eating in front of you. I definitely <laughs> started this meeting well, with a well, big plate of food. I don't want to. I don't want to take it right because I'm not doing it right at all. I'm really like like I think my my cousins and my other family would be upset. I mean, they'd be like, you're not really doing ramen because I'm still drinking water and stuff. I'm not letting go from fluids. I'm still drinking like liquids. You're not supposed to like drink any or eat anything until the sun. It's like sunrise I, or sunset. I mean, but I, that, I mean, I respect people who can do that. I, I'm not doing that. I just, yeah, I'm starting it with what I can do. So, um, but so let's get into the elephant in the room. Shall let's, we? Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Start the show. Um, Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV, Amazon Prime. Some would argue Disney Plus is in that category as, uh, already as right. well. 
right? And and who's going to come out on top? I mean, they're all battling each other, right? I mean, the real question I have is, should we just cancel cable? I mean, really, right now, I think the only reason cable's going so strong is because they're reporting on COVID-19. But still, the local news, you know, they're lacking a lot of stuff. You got advertisements. It's just, it's a lot, but online, you get none of that. It's just, boom, instantaneous. We're so spoiled with it. I think it's a matter of time before it's, it takes over, honestly. It's, it's weird. I agree with you. I mean, let me pose this question. What if this quarantine situation, this pandemic, happened in the 50s or, or even the 80s and the 90s, right? What, what would we do? No Amazon, no DoorDash, no Netflix. Right. Whoa. Nuts. I mean, how, what would people do? Right. Yeah. Cause you don't have a delivery service like you have now. You don't have things to, you know, keep your mind busy. Like we have now. That's a really great point. Um, I mean, iPhones came out in 2009. We didn't really have like touchscreens like that before. And I, and I mean, Mr. Clausy, you, you're pretty, you know, up there with, with time, <laughs> with time frame. Would, would you say that a lot of people had Wi-Fi? Cause I remember growing up Wi-Fi, I don't think was as, big of a thing that everyone had right or was it what would you say with wi-fi i mean we had to dial in so you know it was like not capable of streaming things um it was like sending emails and chat rooms and those were like the biggest versions of entertainment they were yahoo searches excite searches things like that uh, it was I, super basic i had something that was like a cord to. you had to cook it up a cord to the computer and that would give you like it was like, like a land, I don't know, some kind of line that gave us, but I, I remember like Wi-Fi wasn't like, not everyone had Wi-Fi unless you're like a business owner or you had some reason. It wasn't like, oh yeah, I have a Wi-Fi. Okay. So that, that's what that was. So um, I'll, t I'll tell you hmm. the way it's been broken down with regards to how it is now. I, I definitely feel like, um, it's, it's beneficial to us. It's definitely making everything a lot easier for us to handle. Um, and so that being said, um, that brings us to this next segment. Um, this is Tea with Mr. Middleton. And this Tea with Mr. Middleton is brought to you by... The stupidity. And another stupidity is that... <laughs> I needed to text Mr. Middleton. I did. He's in. Oh, you did it. Okay, you're very smart. You don't have stupidity. Stupidity. It only it knows no boundaries. Feeling scared that you shouldn't go out to Ventura's beaches? Take stupidity and you won't care. Feeling like you should, you know, maybe wear a mask in public, but you don't want to? Stupidity. And you will cough and laugh out loud and not wear a mask. Feeling like statistics and figures are becoming confusing? Take stupidity and you'll just pick whichever agrees with your own beliefs. Side effects include 100% of the following. Believing anything can be solved with duct tape. Believing any criticism of Trump should be answered well with Hillary did Benghazi. Watching Fox News. Telling any Middle Easterner that you meet that you have a best friend who's Sikh or an Arab thinking those two things are the same thing and anyone who's Middle Eastern is the same thing as that. You feel that anyone even now should just pull themselves up by their bootstraps. You believe that any criticism of the United States of America or its horrific past Native Americans is just completely made up by snowflakes with their bullshit. 
You think that COVID-19 is a fake made up disease to make Trump's presidency suffer in the 2020 elections. Mm. Stupidity, ladies and gentlemen, take it. Hello, Mr. Middleton. Hello, Nikon. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I forgot to text you and I didn't have this screen loaded up. So I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay. I didn't even know so in the script, but I'm happy you're here. Um, and this, this location, um, I, I want to say it's a Tour de France. You've learned your geography in a week, Nikon. Good for you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I hope I'm forgiven this time. You are not. No, no. no. Not, we, not at all. We actually talked about that with the staff yeah. in our Friday meeting. Oh, I can't um, imagine how that went. Hey, remember the valedictorian of 2017? Yeah, he doesn't even know where. I bet Paris. Mr. McGuire was like, Mr. McGuire's probably like, what are we doing? Yeah. Why did we let him go out with the valedictorian? I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, Mr. Middleton, we got two mm -hmm. questions for you this week. I'm going to okay. start the first one. We'll have Mr. Closet hit you with the second one. All right. I just also want to comment on the Mohawk. It looks fabulous today. It looks great. You know, Thanks. a lot of people are concerned with not being able to get their hairs done, with their hairs cut. But it looks like you knew this would happen. You had your hair cut short, so now when it grew out, you have a cool Mohawk to go with mm -hmm. it. And I, I don't know. It's like you prepared for this. It's like you, you listen to Bill Gates. Uh, thing TED talk he had about COVID nineteen. I don't know. Well, anyway, I, I did listen to that TED talk um, <laughs> yeah. quite a bit prior to this. Um, <laughs> I feel like no, you I just I just go with the flow, right? Anybody who's worried about having a bad hair day during a a pandemic has um, larger issues um, yeah. that they need to work through. All right. Mr. Middleton, what should peeps on that note, what should people be doing to stay safe right now? And i.e., last week you talked about how beaches were closed, right? You know, don't, don't come to these Ventura beaches. Um, yeah. and, and what do you say to those who keep saying, you know, I don't care because I'm young, I'm immune, I don't have to care about getting it because I have immunity. What would you say to the, those type of people? What's your advice for them? Um, What's my advice to somebody who says that they're young and they don't have anything to worry about? Um, that's ridiculous. Uh, they have everything to worry about. Um, the science doesn't prove that to be the case anyways. Yeah, statistically, folks who are older or have a comorbidity, um, somebody who has something like asthma or has smoked all of their life is at a greater risk than somebody who's 17, um, but it's also not about them, right? Do they not have grandparents? Do they not have an uncle? Um, do they not have parents or, or, or someone else in their family that might, might get sick? Um, I, yeah, that's anybody who says that they're young and, and that this won't affect them because they're young, they're not, um, that's 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 ridiculous. I'm I'm sorry to be so short today. Um, no, I mean but that's yeah. it's yeah. We're we're all in this together, folks. Um, there's no you. There's no I. There's no bootstraps in this country in, on the planet. Um, that that mentality um, went out with the bathwater decades ago. Um, we are in this together. We are in this together. Um, we have a responsibility to take care of each other. Um, 
we've always had that responsibility um, in a very John Lockean kind of way. Um, that being said, again, now more than ever, like why would somebody be so incredibly selfish? I yeah. put the same people that are hanging out on the beach with their beach towels and their umbrellas and their, and their coolers full of whatever um, with the same idiots that are, are taking assault weapons into the Michigan Capitol building and, and charging around with their, with their give me death flags. Um, what, a, what an incredible, what a credible bout of selfishness in a country that allows them to be that stupid. You know, yeah. John, I think it's also important um, for, for everybody to know, the listeners out there, that you and I live on that beach, mm-hmm. you know, and we yeah. hollered all Friday about stay off the beach, don't go to the beach, be careful, social distance, et cetera. And then what happened on Saturday and Sunday, and then it led to eventually the governor addressing it verbally and then closing the beaches back down. Um, I, I have been watching what's going on in the world around us uh, as closely as you have. Um, and, and I do appreciate you stepping outside of your comfort zone and expressing concern in the way that you are, because people do listen to you, Mr. Middleton, um, students listen to you, parents listen to you. Um, you are the voice of, of ACE charter. And so I, I really feel like it's important that you send the message that you are and that people are listening to what you're saying, um, because it will save lives. Countries that have reopened are closing again. Yeah figuring out ways to rehandle the scenario. We have listened, you and I have listened to Newsom's every word and I appreciate his six step plan moving forward. We're only on step one and to get to step two is an astronomically different place than where we are right now. So I appreciate his vision and and your message um, of warning to everybody out there. And so in that same lens, Let's flip the switch a little bit and, and go over to nutrition, health, exercise. Um, your mm-hmm. diet, I know, has been strict vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, is, there, is there something trending in your diet? Like, what are you eating? And in addition, um, how are you training right now mm-hmm. for things like probably climbing Mount Whitney, things yeah. like that? Okay. All right. So what's trending in my diet right now? Well, that's yeah. like going back to the first thing. There's, there's a disruption. Right. So, so my normal, my normal schedule would have been, I go to go to the market every weekend and I buy the same thing every weekend. Cause I was very into meal prepping before, uh, our pandemic. Um, and I'm not doing that now, um, for a variety of reasons. One of which being the, the market gives me a great deal of anxiety. Um, and then the, the second reason being there's, there's obviously a, a supply and demand shortage. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm experimenting with different things. Um, but there's also that's that those two can be perceived as negatives. There's also a positive in that I'm cooking more. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun in the kitchen, um, working through different new recipes. Um, but the biggest thing that I'm, I'm happy about in my diet is my garden is starting to, uh, produce. So I'm able to prepare my own food, um, my own food that I have grown. Um, so I'm excited to 
to get real, real local again, um, whether it be my kale or my, my potatoes. Um, I'm about a month out on my tomatoes. Um, and, and then we'll go from there. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm growing, I'm growing my own food again. It's that time of year. Um, training wise, training is really interesting for me right now. I'm, I'm experimenting with, with the idea of writing on a stationary trainer a lot more than I used to. Um, really, uh, a, a whole lot more than I used to. Um, I probably had the biggest block of, actually, I know I had the biggest block because I looked up the stats yesterday. Um, the biggest block of training um, that I've had in a year was wow. this last month. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, normally, thanks to my, my job, I don't, I don't get the amount of, of, of training in in April, and then May starts to be that climb, and then obviously June and July get really big. Um, now I'm, I'm ahead of, of that. So I'm excited to see what, uh, what the summer brings. If everybody is able to, uh, put their bootstraps on and realize that it's we, not them. Um, and, and, and we go back to a little bit of comfort this summer. I, I do hope to, to climb Mount Whitney on my birthday, uh, my 37th birthday, which will be July the 8th. Um, I spent all of last year with my fingers crossed that I would get a a one of the coveted lottery tickets and I didn't get it last year um and then the first week that we had to shut down school um I got an email from the um National Park Service saying that I was selected and I got selected on the on my first first preference date which would be um on my on my 37th birthday it will be a if I'm able to do it um it'll be a solo attempt um, in one day. So I'll get up super early in the morning, like one o'clock in the morning and charge up that mountain. Um, go to the summit, look around, see what's on the other side and then head back down the hill. John, I did not know that. That is phenomenal. I now have greater purpose to push you in your training yeah. and in your diet. I feel like little Mac in um the old punch out game where i'm the trainer and you're the guy yeah. running you're the boxer yeah. you're the fighter mr middleton i know your day is super busy um thank you so much for your inspiring words and of course your message as well um as always john it, it, it's a pleasure to have you on the show yeah. mr middleton i'm lost for words that's insane like you, you told me and i knew about it but like in one day like yeah. the highest mountain but um that's the kind of stuff that motivates me because like i'm so happy to know somebody like you who's not you know doing what the what the norm is which is to oh i'm getting 37 i should just maybe take it easy not do anything no i'm 37 i'm gonna go climb Get i'm gonna in. go do what to do i'm in my prime that's in the game that's, i think the right way oh yeah um, yeah so thank yeah. you mr middleton for you're, having you're, that drive you're welcome. It's uh, I um, it's something different for me. I've I've climbed to the uh to what they call Whitney Portal several times on my bicycle. Um, part of me wants to ride my bike up to the portal the day before, um, and then climb the mountain so I can say that I have gone not not <laughs> only from the portal up to the summit, um, but from the Owens Valley up to the portal on my bike and then up to the summit um, afterwards. So it's it's. Yeah, that's uh, that's my summer 
summer adventure. Um, I know I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely fit enough to do it. I just need to make sure I, a, I maintain my health. Um, I maintain my, my, my diet. I maintain, um, my purpose. And then at the same time, there are, there's some factors that I can't control like the weather. Um, you got to make sure that at 14,000 feet that the, the, the summit is clear of, of snow and ice. Um, and then, and then we, again, we've got to make sure that it's, it's safe. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll close on this last summer. It's what I really wanted to do. Um, and I didn't get one of the lottery tickets. If for whatever reason, I'm not able to do it this summer, it's not going to phase me in the least. I will reapply next February um, and, and hope that I can do it on my um, 38th birthday and so on and so on and so on. So I guess the, to kind of go back full circle for, for the audience, um, sometimes we have to reschedule our goals. Sometimes we have to reset ourselves. Sometimes we have to think outside of ourselves. So when you're, when you're like, oh, I absolutely have to get my hair done. Please reopen or I must go <laughs> to the beach. Take a step back. There's tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks, John. That's exactly Thank what you, we Michelle. wanted our listeners to hear. Yeah. Thank awesome. you, guys. I'll All see right. you see you in a bit. All right. All right. So, Nikon, I have to tell you, this next guest, super stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's get into the, uh, the, what are you doing? And with this times, what are we doing? What are you doing? We got a, a run. Okay. We got the Aaron Kempner. All right. Uh, and you got to hit the mic on and you got to turn your video on. We went over this last night. Come on. Uh, you got it. <laughs> How's it going? Kempner. Aaron Kempner, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm here on the Zoom call with you guys. Oh, uh, it's so good to you see know? you, dude. You look exactly the same. He, does. he looks this is, what, I, this is what Nikon has been telling me for the past like six years. Yeah, because I was just gonna say, <laughs> you know, when I when you came as a freshman, that's what you looked like. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you looked like this back in seventh grade, or. Brendan even says back in fourth grade, he just looked straight like this. This is how he looked. Six foot three, deep voice, yeah. pilot, kindergarten, bringing Mr. it. Mr. Cooney's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so let me ask you, let me ask you, didn't you have your yeah. pilot's license before you could legally drive a car? No, not, not that. Um, <clears throat> I, I started taking flying lessons before um, I was driving. So um, there was that, but I did get my license before. Um, yeah. My pilot certificate. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, it's funny because awesome. airplanes have uh, differential brakes. So if you press the brake on the left pedal, left wheel will lock up and you can swing the plane around. And when I was trying to practice parking my car, um, I would hit the brake to try and pivot the car into the parking spot <laughs> just by default, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. 
And, oh my gosh, that's great. And real quickly, yeah. give us a breakdown of some stuff that happened to you after ACE, like i.e. maybe some jobs, some experiences. Give us a breakdown of what happened after ACE. Sure. So uh, right after ACE, uh, pretty much I moved right up to Utah and spent the summer up here. And then um, I started in the fall at uh, Utah Valley University um, full time. Uh, first year was pretty uneventful, just uh, some regular core classes. Um, and then I came home uh, for the summer and I worked as a um, carpet cleaner. <laughs> so as a carpet cleaner's assistant, and that was kind of an interesting job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And then, um, you know, after that, went back for another semester. Um, and then I started flying and took... Um, my uh, instrument test basically after that year, got my instrument rating and then uh, came back for the summer again, went back and uh, then I got my commercial certificate uh, last semester. Yeah, so. Awesome. Aaron, that's awesome. But I want you to tell the story with the carpet cleaner. I want you to tell that one story because Clausy needs <laughs> to hear this. I'm telling you, you gotta share it, please. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know it's serious when Aaron doesn't want to hit it. Right. It, so, okay, working Same as place, a carpet Aaron. cleaner was was interesting. It was um, it was yeah. So this one time, uh, my boss and I were driving to this one job, and basically, what was going on was, um we were told that there was like blood or something and we're like, okay, it's not going to be a problem. Like, you know, so <laughs> we get there and then we go upstairs and we go into this room and some, the person was okay. Nobody was injured. <laughs> right. Well, they were, but you know, <laughs> nobody was killed or anything. So anyways, we go up. And uh, my boss walks around the corner to this one room where um, the lady was showing us. And there's like this huge pool of blood kind of on the ground. And we're like, oh my gosh, you know? So apparently somebody fell and, you know, something like that, but they were okay. So I had to clean that up and that was kind of gross. But <laughs> other than that, you know, so is it safe to say you left the carpet cleaning business because you weren't thrilled about cleaning up blood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that yeah. sounds like it's straight out of a movie. You were one of those guys <laughs> that they called to come in and clean up this like crazy Quentin Tarantino-esque scene, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, it was interesting. But, uh, I remember when he told me about it. Was... That's crazy. That yeah. That's terrible. I would quit too, though. I have to tell you. I would get out of the business as well. Yeah, I, I mean, th that was really the only bad thing. So, you know, it, the rest well, of the time. It has to happen was, once, though, Aaron. I got to tell know, you. I know, I know. It's true. It's true. But Aaron's yeah. loyal. He liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, other than that, it was, it was, you know, a pretty normal job. So, yeah. Okay. So, and for people who see the video, sorry, Mr. Kwasi, I just wanted you to say yeah. this is this is you flying, right, Aaron? This is you. Yeah, this uh, this video is um, I had a GoPro on my head. Uh, this is actually my first solo flight. If you notice, the left seat is empty in the airplane. Um, so 
prior is to this. Is this Camarillo Airport? Yeah, this is Camarillo Airport. I'm parked oh, just wow. outside the, the uh, base of the control tower. And um, yeah, so my flight instructor had just stepped out of the airplane and I'm going to do three laps oh. around the airport. So When? When was this? This was, I was, oh, criminy. I can't remember. <laughs> I think it was 2015, something like that. Okay. So, yeah. so while we got you thinking about planes, um, Aaron, let me ask you this one. Yeah. If you could fly any plane, which yeah. one would it be? And where mm-hmm. would you go? Where would I go? Um, that's an interesting question. Yeah. For a pilot, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I would like, uh, personally, my favorite aircraft of all time is an F-86 F-Saber. It's an old, uh, you know, post-World War II jet fighter that the U.S. developed. Um, and I think it's a really cool airplane. Uh, so that's like, that would be my dream if I could fly that. Um, and I think I would want to fly to uh, Telluride. Uh, that's kind of one of my bucket list airports because, uh, you know, it's up. It's the second highest elevation airport in the United States. And it's you have to kind of fly through a mountain range and then land on like this plateau on the side of the mountain kind of. It's pretty cool. That doesn't sound like a safe landing. No, it's totally fine. <laughs> it's it, there's like a out of a James yet. Bond. Do you have to parachute yeah. in? You land on <laughs> yeah. skis, go down a mountain. <laughs> Mr. Kazi, yeah. what is it with our guests wanting to go high up? Mr. Middleton wants to climb mountains. Aaron <laughs> wants to go on like I was. I was picturing like a like a nice little jet. Aaron's gonna fly to like France or something, maybe with a beautiful woman next to him or a man, whatever he prefers. I'm kidding. It's gotta be <laughs> appropriate. It's 2020. But no, I want to go on a crazy mountain. No, that's awesome. But Aaron, I got I got to hit you with a serious question that I've been mm. wanting to know since our friendship back in middle school. Yeah. Why do you like Why do you like flying? Because, why do I like flying? Yeah. Because when I get on an airplane, I close my eyes, I cover my ears, <laughs> I take a sleeping pill, I hope for it to be over. And here you are enjoying it, wanting to control it. So, what made you like flying? I don't know. It's, <clears throat> um, I. I can, rem- I can remember wanting to fly as, you know, being as young as probably five or six years old. Um, I think most of it really kind of came out from like um, my dad maybe because he would always talk about stories about my grandfather who was a pilot and a mechanic for, um, he was a mechanic for Frontier Airlines back in the, you know, 60s and 70s. Um, but he was also just a private pilot and, you know, it was super, like those stories were intriguing and I kind of liked it. And, you know, and on weekends, sometimes my dad would drive me, you know, when we had nothing else going on, he'd take me all the way down to LAX by the in and out burger there. And we would just watch the planes for like two hours, just coming in and landing. Oh my gosh. I know exactly where you're talking about. That's fantastic. Yeah. So when I was, you know, super little, we would always go down there and watch the airplanes and stuff. And I, it just kind of clicked then. And yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that, that, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. For, for me, I would go to that in and out when we pick up a relative 
And we'd be like, man, it's so loud. Why are these airplanes so low? I know. Like, I don't like this. I don't like yeah. this. I want to get out of here. So, so I love the opposites where you guys go in there and it's like emotional moment. Father, son, that's an airplane. Mm. Son, oh, that's so cool. I don't like this airplane yeah. on my end. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's oh pretty gosh, fun. That's great. That's great. While we're on the topic of memories, because mm-hmm. I appreciate you getting uh, deep on us for a second. Let's go back to your, your years at ACE. What was your yeah. fondest memory of your time at ACE? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jeez. I have so many. There were so many good times there. I, I really don't know, but I remember this one time and Nikon knows what I'm talking about, but he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't there per se, but he's seen anyways. So it was during the spring showcase, we were setting up for it and Brennan and I were just kind of hanging out together. He's, you know, our friend and um, he had this roll of duct tape, (laughs) this full roll of duct tape. And we were at the end of the hallway by um, where uh, Miss, Mr. Gernhauser's room was. Okay. And he, he took the roll of duct tape and he's like watch this you know and he kind of walks down the hallway and he rolls the tape down the hallway and I was actually filming it and so the tape goes flying down the hallway you know I'm watching it and I'm like oh crap it's gonna hit the window at the end of the hallway (laughs) and so the tape was rolling and it hit the window and made this loud noise and we're both like oh no uh-oh. <laughs> and the best part was the video you showed me cut out so I didn't get to hear it even smack the window so you guys yeah, were like, what's so cool about this I realized it was going to hit the window so I'm like I should probably stop recording <laughs> race but, the yeah. evidence that shows you how crazy you guys were when, when you were in, uh, in Ace Charter yes. um, speaking, that, speaking that of is... erasing evidence um, yeah. Aaron I want to talk about the memory we had where um, we, we tried to prank Mr. Uh, Brennan, Mr. Brennan. I don't know why I'm saying Mr. Mr. Brennan. <laughs> we we yeah. took his iPhone because he would always leave his iPhone. He'd leave his stuff out <laughs> and go to the rest. He would just leave it yeah. everywhere. He'd leave his MacBook out, his headphones mm-hmm. out, his homework out. and be like, I don't yep. know where my homework is. He would always like forget his phone in the classroom and have to go. His to- wallet. Yeah, you know, so. I, I One mean, time he had his wallet in my car for over a month and I found it and I was like, dude, I found your wallet. Why is it in my car? When did we yeah. hang out? I don't remember this. <laughs> Gosh, um, Aaron, can I ask you a memory? Were, were, was it your truck? Were we driving in your truck? Oh my gosh! The two yes. Robinson boys. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So for our for our listening audience, um, we had finished. I believe it was one of the showcases, right? Yeah, it was, it was super, super late. late. It was yeah. super late. We were stuck cleaning everything up, as always, um, in Aaron's good-natured character. He stuck around to help, as well as the Robinsons, uh, Zach and Isaiah. And so we were tasked when I, I always open my mouth, what do you guys want me to do? Really, I just like, let's get the heck out of here. And they're like, we have to get all the signs off the street on uh, Pleasant Valley Road that were saying, like, Spring Showcase this way. And we had several of them. And we decided to do it quickest. Aaron would drive his truck and me, Zach, and Isaiah would jump in the truck and go get the signs, throw them in the back of Aaron's truck. We thought this would be a you know, quick, quick job. <laughs> However, as Aaron is his size, Zach, Isaiah, and myself were a little bit heavier than him. <laughs> and so you also were driving a two-seater pickup truck what kind of truck was that? 
It, it's a 1991 Toyota pickup. <clears throat> it was a Toyota. I yeah. felt like if me, Zach, and Isaiah, and you wanted to, we could pick it up and throw it across the street to where the signs were. Right? Yeah. The, it was like a little truck. In fact, yeah, on two there, separate right? occasions, people, um, they, some guys pranked me, Nikon and <laughs> everybody. They would pick up the back of the truck because it was so light, and they would turn it sideways <laughs> in the parking spaces. So, so <laughs> we, we jam in that little truck. We drive down the street trying to grab signs, laughing like crazy because we could barely close the door, I believe we all got in the front and we have to squeeze yeah. in the front so it was you were in the because it's a bench seat so you were in the middle and zachary isaiah was on the right side and the no other way. brother was in the back seat and you know I, I i remember um the truck was struggling to get up to 45 miles an hour on a flat like, road yeah on a flat road i'm like guys this thing uh <laughs> not doing so well <laughs> we're not gonna make it that was hysterical yeah. that, that was definitely awesome sorry um, to throw no. that in there but i had to no, that, no, was that was hilarious because me me and brendan and aaron got in this truck and me and brendan are like we're, we're under like five seven five eight we're not big so we're sitting in the hmm. front and we're trying to get on the freeway together and i'm filming it we're yelling ah! real quick what a crazy memory i had with aaron at ace uh, and it's perfect now because we've graduated so many years we can we can discuss what we had done in this, yeah, this Sally, is the phone right yeah science Sally's class class. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> brennan leaves the stuff out me and aaron grab brennan's phone and we put an alarm on his phone we you know we put like a lick the rainbow alarm it's like a crazy dubstep song yeah and we thought we'd have this alarm it would go off he'd find his phone all will be well and done and he maybe would be like hey maybe i should leave my phone out everywhere someone will take it uh, and he'd always complain about how stuff would get mysteriously stolen and on several occasions i even think he went to closet one time and said we need to check this area out we think brendan lost his this there Closet's like what um we hide his aaron explain where we put his phone yeah so uh in the back of the classroom there was this large box that had uh, a bunch of these little sections in it to hold uh, yardsticks, right? And so it has this lid on it and we take his phone and we kind of balance it on one of the, you know, little channels in there and close the lid, right? And so our idea, our idea was that it would start playing and he would have to try and find it, right? Well, it, he found it before the alarm went off and he, he opens the lid, right? And then now the lid isn't holding it in place. The phone tilts and it falls down the chute into the box. And so it's long enough. You can't reach down and grab it, right? And so we're kind of like, class oh, my gosh. Class starts. Yeah. Now, now yeah. class is in session. Mm -hmm. so Brennan, like, yeah. Brennan finds out where, <laughs> you know, that, yeah, his phone's there. And he sits down and he's like, well, we'll just get it at the end of class. It's not a big deal. And we're like, oh, that might not, that might not work out, Brennan. <laughs> This song, Lick the Rainbow, has a very slow two-minute intro, and the volume's turned up all the way. And if you put a song for an alarm at the time, it wouldn't just stop and play again from the beginning. It would just continue the entire it's song. Going. Yeah. So it's just building up. It's just getting louder and louder. But somehow no one else can hear in the class but us at our table. And Brennan's like, oh, my God, I hate you guys. And it was just playing the whole play. <laughs> It was pretty funny because awesome. he, he had to like tilt the box over and try and pull it out. And Miss Elliot was like, what are you guys doing? You know? <laughs> so that was kind of funny. That's awesome. Aaron, I know I took you for a long time, but another story that we have to discuss because I, I think Clausey will really, because he has to deal with me a lot. So tell them the IHOP story. 
that we had. <laughs> yeah. So, so this one day we decided, uh, I think it was a Saturday, uh, we wanted to go hiking together. So we had the idea, let's meet up at IHOP at like seven or eight o'clock in the morning, grab some breakfast and then go, you know, hiking. Right. So, uh, I wake up, I get ready. I get all my stuff, I get my truck, and I drive down to the IHOP in Camarillo, and I'm in the parking lot. The clock turns over, 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., whatever. I'm there on the dot. And, you know, Nikon's nowhere to be found, right? So I'm like, okay, I'll give him five minutes or something. Five minutes pass, nothing. So I pick up my phone, and I call him, and it goes straight to voicemail because at the time he would always, like, turn his phone off when he would sleep. And I'm like, oh no. So because of the there. waves. I didn't want the waves to mess with my head, so I turned my phone off. Yeah. So I'm there for just for like ever <laughs> until I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go back home. <laughs> so I go back home and then finally he, he calls me and he's like, Dude, I'm so sorry, man. You know? <laughs> I'm like, it's totally cool. But then we we, we eventually went back to IHOP and at like went hiking. eleven or twelve. Yeah, it was a lot later in the day, too. And, and, and Aaron didn't need anything. Aaron did, just didn't eat anything until I called him four hours later. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, he was late for this podcast today. I know. <laughs> How can you be late for a virtual meeting? It's in your house. Where do you have to go? What are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, Okay, I'm running to school. I'm on time. I, I, I remember, too, you know, he, Nikon, you would only – you lived like seven minutes away from ACE and you were constantly like, I remember the bell would ring and we're walking into the building and I see this little Fiat going down the road. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) like, how is he late every day? I was filming ACE news across the street and uh, we got a good one in Mr. Claus. He's going in a first period. (laughs) Oh man. Aaron, thank you so much for your time today. It's it's first of all, it was really nice to hear your voice. It was awesome to see you again. Um I do think you were Mr. Cooney's favorite student. Um, (laughs) I remember him now saying Campner, you know. Yep. Yep. Um big ups (laughs) to Cooney wherever you are. I hope all is well with you. Mm -hmm. I know he was even going to London, England last I heard. Oh, wow. And shipping overseas. I don't know wow. if given the pandemic and everything, if that actually went down or not. Yeah. Um, but Cooney, when, if you're listening, uh, I hope you're okay. Aaron, thank you so much for coming out. Yeah. So good to hear um, your voice, man. Really. Thank you. I yeah. can't, it's, it's awesome. This is so therapeutic for me to see alumni catch up with you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. See you, yeah. man. See you. And you know how to leave the okay, he does. Okay, cool. I love it, dude. That was great. He's awesome. Mm, he is. He's a really great guy. I can't stop thinking of Mr. Cooney saying Pythagorean theorem. Pythagorean theorem. Um, let's go to, to a segment that you created last week called You Need to Reflect, Man. All right. So let's reflect on new COVID drug according to Stat News. So a government-run study of uh, Gilead's uh, remdesivir, perhaps the most commonly, uh, sorry, the most closely watched experimental drug to treat the novel coronavirus, showed that the medicine is effective against COVID-19, the disease caused you know, by the virus. This was what hydroxychloroquine was supposed to be. And in a statement on Wednesday, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which is conducting the study, 
said preliminary data shows patients who received remdesivir uh, recovered faster than similar patients who received the placebo. And just what were some of these findings, Mr. Clausey? So the preliminary data showed that the time to recovery was 11 days in, on remdesivir uh, compared to 15 days when they were on the placebo. So that's a 31% decrease in time. The mortality rate for the remdesivir group was 8% compared to an 11.6% for the placebo group. And that mortality difference was not statistically significant. Yeah, and, and I think it's important that we don't get carried away and think that, oh, this is a miracle, and I can store adventurous beaches and, and surf, and, and you know, uh, I think we should be excited because, yeah, we finally have a real drug. Like, this is what hydroxychloroquine was supposed to be, um, and, and this is the first step in, in a real direction, you know, one that's not off of, unfortunately, our president's, uh, you know, embezzlement of getting money from a company that's making hydroxychloroquine, uh, where according to the New York Times... April 6, 2020 reports the president's family's trusts all have investments in a mutual fund, which largest holding is Sanofi, the manufacturer of Plaquenil, the brand name version of none other than hydrochloroquine. So take it easy, reflect on it and, and think for yourselves, man. Just because something sounds nice, right? Just because someone tells you something that sounds great. I mean, me and Mr. Clausy know, Mr. Clausy knows, and I've learned from him that just because it sounds great doesn't mean that it is great, right? You got to you gotta look into what the heck are you buying into? You know, I, I, love, I love the way you're saying that, Nikon, and, and to, to conclude the show, I just think it's important that our listeners and viewers out there realize that you and I are just reporting news and, and we're stating our opinions about how we feel about what's out there. And, um, you know, we're, we're constantly in search of, the truth so we can all try to figure out uh, a better way to live our lives at this time. Um, and I think that pretty much does it for us today, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. This has been the Claws and Raws podcast. We're out. We're out. Yeah, man.